right, so turn to Romans chapter 4, page 941, uh, and also uh, Genesis 12, page 8, and Hebrews 11, I don't know what page. We're going to look at somebody's life today primarily, and uh, Abraham, Abram slash Abraham, and uh, so we're going to be around a little bit because, uh, well, you'll see why when, when we look at uh, Romans chapter 4. But as you turn there, I just want to share that uh, I had this amazing experience back in 1981. United States taxpayers gave me a three-week paid vacation. Wow. Yeah, isn't that generous? I got to go on vacation, uh, my summer vacation between sophomore year and junior year, to Fort Benning. It was awesome, and uh, it was nice, you know, it was volunteer, but it was paid, and uh, they even paid me to go, but I went to U.S. Army Airborne School, and the mission of the Airborne School is to train members of military, uh, of the military to be paratroopers, in other words, train men and women to jump out of perfectly good airplanes, <laughs> and uh, so the Air Force guys think that's funny, uh, it is funny. All my jokes are funny, right? Amen? Amen? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, so week one and week two, we learned all about how to jump out of airplanes with parachutes and how to land and all that stuff. But re- week three was the week. It was jump week, and, and uh, you had to get 100% on the test for jump week. See what I'm saying? Right? And uh, so you had to jump out of the airplane five times, And the first four times to pass, you had to land in such a way that you could then get up and run three miles. Okay, just to make sure your legs worked. You know what I'm saying? And uh, but the fifth jump, all you had to do to pass was to exit the aircraft. And then you got your wings no matter what happened on the ground. But here's the, here's, the, here's the tie-in to the scripture today. Um, on your first jump, you, I mean, you get up to the door, and the plane is going 150 miles an hour, and you're at 2,500 feet, and you step out of the plane into the unknown. Literally, into the unknown. You have no idea where you're at. You just hope the, the jump master and the pilot got the drop zone right, and so you step out. You don't know what the wind's going to do. You just step out into the unknown. And so taking a step out of an airplane while it is in flight, would you agree that's a big step into the unknown? But each of us steps into the unknown every day. Some of us take baby steps Some days are baby step into the unknown days. Some days are big, giant steps into the unknown. But we're constantly stepping into the unknown. So what are some steps into the unknown people take? What are some of those common steps? Marriage. Marriage. I think that was first in the first service, too. Big unknown. Okay. Going to college? Kids? Uh, Lori said that like, kids, right? Isn't that how you said it? You're a pro. Okay, somebody over here said something? Job, okay, anybody else? Starting your car, right. Some days that's an adventure. That's a big step into the unknown. Will it start today? 
or not. Anybody else? So I had a few um, graduating from high school into the unknown, marriage. How about this? A difficult conversation with somebody you love. Man, that could go in all kinds of directions, couldn't it? A new job, changing your first diaper. Well, not your diaper, but changing your kid's first diaper. That's a, that's a stepping into the unknown. I learned some things that, uh, never mind. Uh, how about this? A sudden change of plans. How many of you do not like sudden change of plans? This guy, okay. Um, basement floods, a, a bad health diagnosis. That puts you immediately into the unknown. So stepping in the, into the unknown is a way of life. We don't get to choose whether we step into the unknown or not. We can't avoid it. Some days are more unknown than others, but every day is another step into the unknown. So, so the real question is, how do we step into the unknown? Do we do it with fear, or do we do it with faith? Do we step into the unknown filled with worry and concern and and confusion and fear, or do we step into the unknown with, with a bold and adventurous faith? So we're exploring the book of Romans. It was written by Paul, a man named Paul. He was constantly stepping into the unknown. He is an expert in stepping into the unknown. From the moment Paul put his faith in Jesus and was forgiven and was made righteous, his life was one step after another into the unknown. He was persecuted. He traveled distant to distant lands to share the good news of Jesus. He was put on trial and imprisoned for his faith. He wrote over half of the New Testament, but he also struggled with sin. In Romans 7, verse 15, he said this, For I do not understand my own actions. Anybody there with Paul on that? For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. So this mighty man of God, who was constantly stepping into the unknown, also struggled with sin. But Paul's significance was more important to God than his sinfulness. And so God used Paul in powerful ways to connect with pe people with Jesus, to spread the gospel. And his work, God working through Paul, impacts us even to today. Paul lived this bold, adventurous faith in Jesus as he took, took one step after another into the unknown. So how did he do it? How did Paul step into the unknown day after day. We see some answers to this question in Romans chapter 4 uh, and around the man named Abraham. So if you, if you read chapter 4, if you've read chapter 4 prior to uh, this morning, you'll see that Paul conveys this message by writing about Abraham. And the message is this. You will be able to step into the unknown with bold, adventurous faith when you believe the impossible and you trust God's timing. When you believe the impossible 
and you trust God's timing. So let's look at Abraham's life a little bit. To understand what Paul writes about Abraham in Romans 4, we need to go back to Genesis 12. Called Abraham. Now, like I said, I think I mentioned Abraham was first called Abram until Genesis chapter 17, and that's when God changed his name. That's a sermon for another day. So Genesis 12, the first three verses. Listen to this. See how amazing this is. Put yourself in Abram's shoes. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do you see what God did there? He chose Abraham for a great adventure. He says, Abram, leave your way of life and go to a land I will show you. Abram, I will make you, a, I will make you great so you can be a blessing. Abram, I will protect you. Abram, in you all the families in the earth, of the earth, shall be blessed. God chose Abram for a great adventure. He chose Abram for a great adventure that would ripple into the lives of every family of the earth for all time. Think about what happens when you drop a stone into a pond that that is very calm. You drop a stone in the pond, and what happens? Ripples go out, and the ripples go until they hit the shoreline. Abram's life was to be have a ripple effect throughout all of human history. Paul expresses this ripple effect when he wrote to his protege Timothy, because Paul was inviting Timothy into this same adventure that Abram had. He wrote to Timothy, he said this, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, Paul says to Timothy, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Do you see that ripple effect? Paul to Timothy to other men, to men that those men then would teach. And women, you're all in there too. It's just the way it's written. You're called to be part of that same great adventure. Your bold, adventurous faith begins with the knowledge that you were chosen by God for a great adventure. You're part of an adventure that has the mission of blessing all the families of the earth. So the Lord told Abram that he had been chosen for a great adventure, and Abram's response was to take a first step into the unknown. Verse 4, Genesis 12. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 
Now, in our culture, when you hear someone's 75, you think, well, they're pretty much done. I don't think that, but some of you do. And I'm sure when I was your age, I thought that too. When I was in the army, um, at, at one point you had to take an over 40 physical. And anybody who went to the over 40 physical, men, they were old. Okay, so, so Abram was 75 years old when God called him to this great adventure. So we are all without excuse, no matter what your age is. You're 75, go on the great adventure. If you're in sixth grade, I confirmed that with Morgan in the first service. She gets to listen to me twice. That's awesome. If you're in sixth grade like Morgan, God has a great adventure for you. You don't have to wait till you're 75. In fact, don't wait. You'll regret it. This is what the writer of Hebrews said about Abram, Abraham. He says, by faith, uh, Hebrews 11, verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing, not knowing where he was going. Abram was chosen by God for a great adventure, and he obeyed God, and he stepped into the unknown. How did Abram start his great adventure? He took his first step. Now, one of the greatest moments for a parent is when their child takes their first step. Amen? Amen? Or grandparents, or, you know. And so they take their first step, and you're like, woohoo! My son or my daughter, they know how to walk now. And then you begin to rethink that. And you realize there's many, many more steps after that that they have to take as they live their lives. And here's the thing. Once they take their first step, that step is no longer important. It's the next step they take. And then the next step. And when they're in sixth grade, the, the step they took last week is no longer important. It's the, step, the, the next step they take and the choices that they make. And so, one of the first, once the first step is taken, the next step becomes the step that's important. So our great adventure into the unknown requires a first step into the unknown. And once you've taken that step, you're no longer in the unknown. And so you have to take the next step into the unknown. We're constantly stepping into the unknown. And so how did the great adventure begin for Abram? He took one step, and he took that step when he was 75 years old. Every person in this room has another step to take. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you are at in your life, whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, whether things are going great or, or you are just really going through a terrible time. You have another step to take into the unknown. Every person in this room has a step to take on your great adventure. I loved Sharon's testimony today. I got to hear it twice. She looks back, 
And that valley time she was in, she says, I, I needed to go through that to be the person I am today. Stepping into the unknown every day is what God calls us to. When Abram obeyed God and he took the next step into the unknown, the next thing was he was focused on eternity. Hebrews 11.10, For he was looking forward to the city that has foundation, whose designer and builder is God. Way of saying he's looking forward to heaven. We're chosen by God for a great adventure, and as we step into the unknown, we need to keep our focus on eternity, because eternity is what lasts forever. And so that's what is important. And then think about the outcome of Abram stepping into the unknown. God's promises were fulfilled by this rippling or cascading effect of Abram's bold, adventurous faith. Listen to what happened, verse 12, Hebrews 11. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead. So the writer of Hebrews is describing Abram, Abraham when he was 99. Okay, He described him as, as good as dead. That's pretty, like, don't ever describe anybody like that. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Abram's faith set the tone for future generations, and our faith can do the same. Abram understood that he was chosen by God, and so he took so as he took one step after another into the unknown with his heart aligned with God and focused on eternity, his bold and his adventurous faith cascaded into the future, and even today his faith is having an impact. So now Romans chapter 4 gives us two additional reasons why Abram had a bold an adventurous faith that allowed him to step into the unknown. The first is this. Abram had believing faith that believed the impossible. That believed the impossible. Paul tells us that Abraham was righteous, not because of his works, but because of his believing faith in God. Romans chapter 4, verse 2. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. We talked about justification in the previous chapters. Just a quick response. Justification is God's response to our faith. And when he justifies a person who has believing faith, he forgives their sin and he makes them righteous. So Abram did not do anything to be forgiven and be made righteous. Instead, he believed in God and he believed that God could and would forgive him and make him righteous. And then in verse 3 it says this, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So verse 3 is a quote of Genesis 15, so let's go back to Abraham's life, Genesis 15. Verse 1 says this, The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be great. Now, if God promises someone in our culture a reward, what comes to mind? Money. What else comes to mind? Money. What else comes to mind? Money. 
Fruit? Did somebody say fruit? Cruise? Prestige. Okay. Power. Anything else? Okay, so it's not high on the list for people to go, children, I get a reward. I'm going to have lots and lots of children. Right? That's probably not high on the list. But it probably should be. But here's, here's what Abram's thinking, though, when God promises him a great reward. Reward. In his culture, many, many offspring, a legacy of descendants was a great reward. And so Abraham's thinking, God is saying, I'm going to bless you with many children. But Abram's thinking, wait, I'm, I'm he's somewhere between 75 and 86 at this point. We don't know his exact age. And so what does he say to God? He says, oh Lord, what will you give me for I continue childless? In other words, I know this is impossible, but God, if you want to reward me, give me children. Listen to what God did with Abram as he reminded God that he was childless. Verse 5 and 6 in Genesis 15, it says, And, and God brought Abraham outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to count them. So they clearly weren't in Cleveland. <laughs> then he said to him, Shall your offspring be... In other words, see all those stars? That's how many descendants you will have. And in verse 6, look at what Abram does. He believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to Abram as righteousness. Abraham believed the impossible. God was saying, you'll have as many descendants as stars in the sky. And Abram was standing there, an old man with an old wife, and they had no children, and yet he believed the impossible because he had believing faith in God. What do we do when God calls us to the impossible? We often say, I can't possibly do that. And you're exactly right when you say that. When God calls you to the impossible, you can't possibly do that. We can't do the impossible, but God can. One time Jesus' disciples asked him, who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Do we believe that God has the power to do the impossible? Do we believe Jesus when he says, with God, all things are possible? When we think about God being righteous, righteous God, that God always acts in accordance with what is right and is himself the final standard of what is right, when we combine his righteousness with his power to do the impossible, we can believe the following about God when we're in a difficult situation. Put it up on the slide. With God, all things are possible. And in His righteousness, He will do the thing that is right and best for us. And He knows best what is right for us. 
With God, all things are possible, and in his righteousness, he will do the thing that is right and best for us. And he knows best what is right for us. All things are possible because of his limitless power, and, and this is the second point we're going to get to in a moment, all things are possible because of his limitless power and his perfect timing. We're going to talk about timing in a moment. but We need to finish up on, on the impossible. In Romans 4.12, Paul tells us that the purpose of Abraham's life was so that we can walk in his footsteps of faith. God wants us to have believing faith like Abraham that believes the impossible because everything is possible with God. When we believe the impossible, then we can live the impossible. We live the impossible because we're chosen by God, and so we step into the unknown, and we have bold, adventurous faith, and our hearts are focused on eternity. That's when we live the impossible. But when we live the possible, then we can only live the possible. Sorry, let me say that again. But when we believe only the possible, then we can only live the possible. I want to show you a video, two minutes long. I want you to look at the two people in the video and decide which person represents your faith. Let's watch. That it was. 
So which person represents your faith? The man who believed in the possible and did everything he could to open the box on his own? Or the little girl who believed the impossible, that a box that couldn't be opened could be opened? The little girl can. All right, good. Well, I want to confess, I all too often, my faith, I believe God, big picture, but I spend way too much time, time trying to do it myself. And I know when I'm in that mode, I'm only believing the possible. And when I only believe the possible, I'm only living out the possible. God wants us all to believe the impossible so that we can live the impossible. So we'll step into the unknown where our faith can be dangerous to evil to despair, to brokenness. And remember, God called Abraham to this great adventure when he was how old? 75. None of you are done yet. It's never too late to step into the unknown and live the possible. Now, the second reason why Abraham had a bold, adventurous faith that allowed him to step into the unknown Trusted in God's timing. And this is super important. Between the ages of 75 and 86, God promised Abraham that he would have descendants as numerous as the stars. But by age 86, Abraham decided that he understood God's timing better than God did. And so he thought he would help God out. And so Abraham... And his wife, they were still childless. childless. And so Abraham decided, I'm going to help God out. And he conceived a baby with his wife's servant, Hagar. He trusted God's power. God is going to give me many descendants. I will help him out. I will help him out. He didn't trust God's timing. Is that you? I trust God's power. His power is righteous. But when it comes to his timing, not so much. We believe God's power is righteous, but we don't believe that God's timing is righteous. We believe God needs help when it comes to timing. In, in my experience, I think most people who are in difficult cir- circumstances believe in God's power, but they don't believe in God's timing. And that's when our faith usually wavers. It's not that we don't trust His power. We don't trust His timing. We trust His power but we want to control his timing. So at age 99, Abraham had jumped in at age 86 and and tried to fix God's timing. At age 99, God came to Abraham and he reaffirmed his promise to Abraham because Abraham's significance was more important than his sinfulness. 
And so in Genesis 17, verse 1 and 2, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, that I may walk, that I may make my covenant between me and you, and, and you may multiply greatly. So even though Abram didn't trust God at 86, he did at age 99. And so there's hope for all of us. For all of us who want to control God's timing, even when we try and control God's timing, He isn't done with us yet. He'll let us mess around with His timing, and then when we are finally like, well, I kind of messed that up, He'll meet us again. And He'll say, you're significant. And that's more important to me than your sinfulness. And so let's try this again. Listen to what Paul wrote about Abraham's faith in Romans chapter 4, 19 through 21. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead. Even he thought he was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Abram, Abram had his bold, adventurous faith back. At 86, he wavered, tried to control God's timing, but at 99... He once again trusted in the impossible. Even though Sarah and I are well beyond childbearing years, God has made a promise to us, and He will keep it. Verse 20 says, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. So he trusted God's power. But listen to what it says. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Abram always believed in God's power, but now he grew in his faith to the point where he trusted God's timing. Verse 21 says, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. So Abram, Abraham was fully convinced because of what God had done in his life. He knew he was chosen. He knew he was able to step into the unknown with bold, adventurous faith because he believed in the impossible. He believed in God's power, and he believed in God's timing. And so I just want to close with these two questions. Do you trust God's power? And the second question, and I think the harder question for us, is do you trust in God's timing? God, I trust you to fix this problem in my life, but why didn't you do it yesterday? Are you going to do it today? Tomorrow is too late. You have all the power. Your power is righteous. Always right. Always looking out for the best of me. But your timing, not so righteous. I want to control your timing. Do you trust in God's power? Do you trust in God's timing? Is there something in your life that you desperately need God to fix? You have to trust His power, and you have to trust His timing. So the unknown is in front of us. We can step into the unknown with bold, adventurous faith when we believe in the impossible, and we trust God's timing. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for my amazing church family. Beauty with purpose. 
on a great adventure, rowing together. And Lord, you know that everything is not great in all our lives. Lord, you know that we have struggles and uh, we have people we love that are sick. We have people we love who are making bad decisions. We have people who we are ministering to that aren't listening. We have our own things that we do that we hate. So Lord, we need you to work in our lives. Lord, we believe in the impossible because you say that in all things, in you, all things are possible. So Lord, we believe in the impossible and we want to trust your power. And Lord, the harder thing for us, I think, maybe not all of us, but for me for sure, is to trust in your timing. So Lord, help us. Help us trust you. Help us trust in your timing. Help us see what you did in Abraham's life. 25 years from the time you called him out until he and his wife had their first child. And then his faith cascaded into the future to our lives. Lord, help us trust your timing. Lord, we need to trust your timing or we will wear ourselves out trying to open the box ourselves. Lord, thank you for Romans chapter 4. Thank you for the life of Abraham. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you together and hear your word and draw closer to you. This week, Lord, we want to believe in the impossible and trust your timing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Subscribe to the podcast now, and for more info, including sermon outlines, visit our website at www.kurtlandchristian.org.